0: Okay. A little bit later in the episode, I'm going to tell you more about the hormone fixer because I know you're dying to know this little bad boy supplement that I created. If I do say so myself is amazing at so many things, so many benefits. So it raises your natural testosterone ladies, that GSD hormone. It helps with weight loss. It helps improve insulin sensitivity. It helps with anti-aging. It increases your own growth hormone, the anti-aging hormone. That helps with the wrinkles and the stamina, energy, focus, brain. It also helps with your mood and lowers your response to stress. So you're just going to have to wait a little bit more. and We'll tell you more about it. The Hormone Fixer. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Hey, everyone, we're talking all things fertility today. and I know many of you are struggling with fertility or have struggled in the past. Many of my thyroid patients have had, unfortunately, multiple miscarriages and have gone through that very tiring and frustrating trying to get pregnant. So I have decided to be on my dear friend and fertility expert, Sarah Clark. So let me tell you a little bit about her, and then we're just going to deep dive into this conversation all together here. So Sarah, when she was 28 years old, She received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure, and I know many of you have heard those words before as well. She accepted the diagnosis and had both her children through in vitro fertilization. Years later, she realized that the root cause of her infertility was a food sensitivity and later a gut infection. She is a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, She's the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharger Fertility Naturally. Her fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. On her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, which I have been on, she shares that with functional medicine and natural fertility solutions... We can eventually reverse infertility, which is amazing. And that will be on iTunes and Spotify. We will definitely have all of the links in the show notes. Sarah, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us and bringing your knowledge here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So like I said, and I mean, you see this in your clinic all the time. We've talked before, thyroid disorders, hormone imbalances, and fertility. So let's start there and talk about the connection because most of my listeners are thyroid patients. Yeah, we
1: see it all the time with uh, themes with the, the, so we're typically de- working with couples that have been told, similar to myself, that you know donor eggs are your only option. They've typically been th- they've tried naturally for two years or they've been through at least one failed IOI or IVF. It hasn't worked and they typically have been told that their TSH is normal, similar to to myself where, oh, your TSH is normal. It was 3.5. My hair was falling out. My skin was as dry as a lizard. My hands and feet were freezing, but no, your thyroid's fine. Um, and I discovered this till, you know, years later after my premature ovarian insufficiency diagnosis. So we see this a lot where it's normal. No one's done a deep dive into the full panel and, you know, looking at antibodies more so. Yeah, and we'd say like I, I'd go almost to say 100% of people we work with, something's going on with a thyroid, be it you know undiagnosed, and you know we're not diagnosing, but be, be it uh, you know undiagnosed Hashis or Graves, typically more uh, Hashimoto's, sub subclinical thyroid issues, so things to do with the, lip, the liver and the gut, and then hypothyroidism like like myself. So um, we we see that as a as a theme with with the couples that we're working with, and even the men are having issues with thyroid too, but. Typically more than women because we're dealing with female factor infertility.
0: Right, right. So are, are those one of the? Is that one of the first things that you check, or what are what what do you tend to focus on when someone walks into your clinic, and let's say they have had multiple miscarriages, they are in the same boat that you were dealing with infertility, which yeah, is the word
1: yeah, so we're doing a deep dive with testing. So as part of my team, we have functional nutrition practitioners, fertility coaches, and we have a physician that does uh, case re- uh, reviews for us. So we um, will look at blood chemistry. And we're doing you know a deep dive into you know blood sugar, thyroid, you know the whole the whole gamut, vitamin D, more and more and really um, looking at a full panel. most times they've only had the TSH being you know, being done before. So we're looking at the full panel and all of this. So, so we're not diagnosed it, but all of this tells a story kind of looking at their health history, looking at all the, like, you know, quite a lot of blood chemistry we're looking at. And then we're also looking at functional testing. We're simply starting off with food sensitivity testing. We're using Vibrant America with like the Zoomer test. Mm-hmm. And then we're also doing uh, genetics testing and it's not that, you know, here's your, gen- your genes, you're doomed. It's here's your genetics. And we're doing a female hormone panel and we yep. can look to see, you know, what is it for your thyroid? What is it for blood sugar? Um, what you, that your genes are telling us, then we can take those targeted diet and lifestyle changes based on the genetics. And then we're also looking at a stool test. We're doing the uh, GI map stool test. Mm-hmm. We see yep. the majority of our people, probably similar to what you're seeing with parasites and bacterial infections fungal infections and more and most people when they're dealing with a fertility issue and a thyroid issue the last place
0: they're going to think of is like oh wait I have a parasite or there's a fungal infection going on so yeah mm-hmm. right and those correlate with fertility how, how would a parasite and your gut health correlate with fertility
1: yeah because really it's basically if you've got something going on in your gut if there's an infection you, you can eat the cleanest gluten-free you know take you know take out all those top allergens but if you are being, if there's an infection in there that's impacting your gut health, which then in turn will, you know, impact your fertility. So it is that that inflammation. Our, our thing is how do we reduce inflammation all, all around from a food sensitivity to a gut infection, to uh, environmental toxins, to mental emotional stress? How do we reduce all of it? Not all yep. at once, because that could be, you know, super overwhelming, but how do we reduce it? And then the body comes back into balance and, it, you know, it wants to, it wants to conceive. So it's sort of, well, why, you know, I'm going towards IVF or an IUI is is pushing it with hormones. And then we see people, so similar to my story, you know, I was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency at 28 and I was told the only way to have children, it was, is with donor eggs. And I went and had both my kids with donor eggs and my daughter's 20, my son's 17. So this is, you know, many years ago when, you said donor eggs, people are like, I don't even know what that is. And then right. both my kids had um like my daughter had ear infections, a lot of ear infections. What did we do? We gave them antibiotics, gave her antibiotics, had tubes right. in her ears, found out later there was a severe dairy and gluten sensitivity. And it went into a whole bunch of other issues with food. And we sort of, you know, we took the food out and then some of those those issues she had went you know went away. And same with my son, he had chronic strep throat. I remember like one year, it must've been like, I can't now six, seven, eight rounds of antibiotics over and over and over again. We're like, okay, get the banana, you know, the little banana. And we just gave them so many antibiotics when the kids were younger. And so I believe if I had worked on my health beforehand, had known, like, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't figure this out until years later, the food sensitivities, the gut infections, The chronic stress—I wouldn't even have said I was stressed—but the Mm -hmm. chronic stress I was under, because for me, after I had my kids, it went into chronic bladder infections. So, was peeing blood again. What did I do? I took a whole whack of antibiotics over and over and over again. I'm just like, just fix me, give me the antibiotics. Right. That just made it worse. (laughs) Chronic chronic sinusitis. So every every cold went to a sinus infection again. I'm like, I went to the doctor. Give me the antibiotics had yep. no clue that when I changed my diet, low and behold, I had chronic yeast infections, dandruff, toenail infections. I caught every cold and flu that went by, uh, not until I changed my diet, addressed those gut infections. And because I was on, and because I was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency after I had my kids, I went on HRT. Uh, right. So I was on birth control for years after that, and then yep. HRT that then can predispose you to get infections and food sensitivities. And right. then also prior to that, I was also on birth control. So probably like 15 years of birth control, which impacts my microbiome, the health yeah. of my gut and leaky gut. I remember doing like a food sensitivity test and every, every food that I loved came back and I was you know sensitive to it. Yeah. All avocados and all these healthy foods I thought I was eating I was sensitive to it. And, and then as I healed my gut, you know, got it back online, then eventually I can bring most of those foods back. If I was like super, if the food was like super high, then I didn't bring it back, but but most of them back. So, yeah.
0: And there are those main foods that's like, you and I agree, everybody should be cutting out, right? I mean, nobody should really be eating high amounts of soy or gluten and wheat and grains. I mean, so there's those main, you know, foods that we say probably everybody is sensitive to. But I'm glad you brought that up that you can reintroduce them because I know a lot of people would be kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, wait a minute. You said that all of your foods that you love, you had to take out. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And so let me give you a, a typical of what I see. And we can kind of play with this case study. So for me, I mean, most patients, I do get a couple that will come to me with with the goal of getting pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. But most of the time they're seeing you, the fertility expert. But I'll get, I'll get a patient that comes in just like you said, they've been on birth control for years. And listen, I was too. And no one told me that, hey, birth control is totally synthetic. It will tank your thyroid. So it will actually start affecting thyroid function. And then it's going to start affecting those sex hormones. So when you come off of it and you want to get pregnant, you might be in your twenties, you might be early thirties, but your hormonal profile is going to look like you're 75. So woman comes in on birth control oh look undiagnosed thyroid problem because all the doctors were testing were TSH and then we look at their hormones and doctors seem to think that women only have estrogen so we might have that on a test and that's it no progesterone no LH no FSH no AMH and then we start to to work on that and we start to work on changes like you said taking down the inflammation and I have had a couple of patients that I go, oh, yeah, I got like three women pregnant. Ha ha. Because we fixed everything. And then they're like, hey, uh, Dr. Amy, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm like, well, yeah, because you took down the inflammation. We fixed your thyroid and we balanced your hormones mm-hmm. out. So is, is that almost the same? I mean, a little bit different because you have people coming to you saying, Sarah, I want to get pregnant. But is that the kind of the same path that you see?
1: Essentially the same philosophy, right? Yeah, you know, where, where you're the inflammation and then next thing you know, you
0: know, and it is some people
1: that we're working with, like they tried naturally for two years. They've typically gone through like multiple, multiple failed IVFs um, because they're trying to push their body to have this work. And then no one's addressed those under, you know, those missed healing opportunities. So it is, um, we take a mind, body, spirit approach because we do, you know, work on all biochemical, get all that worked out with our um, nutrition practitioners. We also have a fertility coach because dealing with infertility can impact all aspects of your life from your relationships to your social life, to your career. You may stay in a job longer than when you really want to, because you're waiting to go on mat leave. So then you can quit, you know, people around you, there's, you know, making, you know, pregnancy announcements, baby showers, even your church or your place of worship, you know, you're just, you're kind of, there's families everywhere. So even seeing you know, especially for secondary infertility, seeing a family could be really triggering because, you know, you feel there's a person missing in your family. So the mind piece and the spiritual piece of this actually believing, especially if an RE has told you, sorry, you know, you're going to struggle this, you've got a very low chance of this working or, you know, it'll never work for you. Um, you, you know, the only option you have is donor eggs or your only option, it has to be IVF, um, that can get embedded in your subconscious and you can kind of just, almost self-sabotage yourself that that you know or or second guess that ooh what's you know that maybe the RE hasn't told you about the 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 targeted diet and lifestyle changes can be impactful and you don't even know. So then you maybe will there's some self doubt then you could self-sabotage. You know, making these diet and lifestyle changes, it's maybe simple, but not easy. And if you've got that in the back of your mind, niggling away going, "I don't think this is going to work. And, you know, we're telling you to take out some of your favorite foods, perhaps not forever. Um, You, so there is a, that the mindset piece and the spiritual piece of actually believing it is key. Um, It's not just like the, the biochemical. And I think with, this is just something that will impact, you know, as I say, every aspect of your life. And so to have support, to call yourself out. And we typically work with, you know, type a busy professionals, like, like, you know, overachievers and things like that, where everything in this sort of thing, everything's worked. So they're like, that's going to throw the kitchen sink at this problem. Yeah. And so it's almost like this huge to-do list of things. And obviously with the functional side of things, there are, there is a to-do list of things you have to do, but also we want you to slow down and like that chronic stress piece like I have to always work on that because for me, I'm like, oh, great! Look at all these things. I'm excited. Let's do all these stuff. But um, how has that impacted my health? And and it is to be able to to still move forward, but be able to pull pull back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up the the mind body spirit piece because I think that's so important for anyone listening. That is such a key component and. Uh, We're going to come back to the elimination foods and food sensitivities, but I want to stay on that mindset piece because you said something very interesting. I think far too often we believe what we are told by the medical system. So just like you mentioned earlier, if you're told, well, you have premature ovarian failure, um, this is your only option, sorry, sorry. That gets in your head and you literally start believing that. So what we believe, I mean, our mind can control our body. So if you keep repeating over to yourself and over to yourself, and if you are dealing with type A's, like you said, Sarah, you have these people that are like, I am such a failure. It is my fault. What can I do? Because type A's want to control. So now this is something that they feel like they can't control because they've been told by the conventional medicine system they can't control it. And then they actually start believing their diagnosis or their, whatever their fate that they've been given by the, by their doctor. So I think breaking out of that mindset, that almost that why me mindset, that why can't I control this mindset and moving forward with hope, I think is incredibly, incredibly important.
1: Yeah, it's very empowering too. That's why I love the functional approach, right? Where you're like, there's things I can do for someone who's like, let's, let's do something. It's like, that's perfect for someone like us, right? Where you want to actually take action. So right. there's things we can do in a very target approach. Although, you know, there's a lot of people will waste time doing a DIY thing where you're doing the fertility superfoods, the fertility fads, generalized recommendations, diets that may have worked for other people, but are they right for you? So it's like that very target approach that And using the testing to then let's move this forward, right? Because most people, well, the moment you've decided to start expanding your family, you want to be pregnant now. It doesn't matter if you're 28, 38, you are ready. And yeah. so that's why, you know, with IVF and things like that, it's like, good, we'll get you going the next month. And, you know, is that is that the right, the right way where your body's trying to say to you, hey, wait a minute, there's a problem here and mm-hmm. we're forcing it. And then, how is it going to be your how is your postpartum period? How right. is the health of your children? Right. Well, we we plan for a wedding twelve to eighteen months. Then on month one, we want their, our child to come. Well, how don't we, how about we switch that around? You know, why do we
0: yeah. spend all that time planning for the wedding? Let's plan for our children. See, I'm so glad you mentioned that too because I I always say now I don't have children, but I have seen women rush into it, and there are oftentimes where I'll I'll, I'll have a patient that is like you know we we are planning on trying. I go, well, I'm glad we're doing this now because they're, let's get you balanced. Let's get you healthy so that when you do conceive, just like you said, Sarah, even the baby is healthy and your pregnancy is healthy and post-pregnancy is healthy. I have seen far too often, and especially in the thyroid space, much higher risk of developmental delays, much higher rates, really not even risk, much higher rates of autism and developmental delays because women rush to it without getting everything under control. And then basically, if your pregnancy takes and if you carry all the way to term, that baby was, was developing in a very inflamed body. And sometimes that's not the best approach. So I'm really happy that you mentioned the, like, let's slow down. Let's take 12 months if we have to, to get your body primed and ready. So we're talking athletic greens again, because I've been using it every single day. And when I start my day with AG, it lays down the foundation for better absorption of everything. So better absorption of nutrients from my food, better absorption of my supplements that I want to actually have a therapeutic action in my body. So Athletic Greens is laying that down. I know I'm not getting in all the nutrients I need. And since my goal is optimal health and good skin, I need supplements that work. And I don't want to take a million pills a day. Not this girl. So this is where Athletic Greens came in. I decided to give them a try a while ago because of their origin. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, costing him $100 a day. So he said enough and used science to create his own. He also did multiple variations to perfect the taste, which I mad, mad respect. AG contains 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food sourced, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens that just help you start your day right. It supports your gut health, your nervous system for my peeps that are anxious and a little bit jittery, your immune system, your energy, recover, focus, and of course, aging. There's where the good skin comes in. So I do one scoop in eight ounces of water after my morning workout. Sometimes I'll start the day with it before I even drink coffee. Definitely before I consume any food for the day, boom, shake and drink. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And I personally am recommending that you try it out. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase just visit athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Amy. That's D-R-A-M-I-E. Don't spell doctor out, just D-R-A-M-I-E. We'll have it in the show notes. And then you can finally take ownership of your health, pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: Yeah, and also reducing the risk of miscarriage. So during our protocol, and our average protocol is about three to four months. And we ask people not to try to conceive during that time. And many people are like, Are you kidding me? Like, you want me to not? That's like, so it's a that's all I've been doing, right? Now, you want me not to do it, so then we'll say to them, Look, let's take it month by month, so you'll see each month, and then you know, you're always in charge, so then we can back off on some of the supplements. But if we're addressing H. pylori, you know, you've got you know, your low stomach acid, you maybe not absorbing all your nutrients, Mm -hmm. we're addressing a giardia, like a, a gut infection we want to obviously we want to have you do the full protocol so then you can optimize it get rid of it we want to retest to make sure it's no longer there so but you're always in charge so each month we look at it we look at it together and then if you're like I just can't go any further then you'll kind of you'll be able to you know look at the pros and the cons of of going forward to me it's a it's a short period of time in the grand scheme of your life but you know as i said before i we we get it of you know where people are we meet people where where they are but it is, it is one step back for, you know, I guess, you know, one step back or a giant leap forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, you're right. It is a very short amount of time to spend on yourself in the whole grand scheme of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm so happy you, you mentioned that. Now you talked a little bit about fertility foods. So are there ones that you really like are there things that you dislike i mean how do you list out your your food choices for people or is it very targeted to them
1: it is very personalized right so it is you know you want to make sure you have the more proteins and fats like healthy healthy fats you know lean like wild caught fish grass-fed meats you can do a little bit of grains if you tolerate it if there's no blood sugar issues Mm -hmm. Um, obviously lots of green leafy vegetables and so a lot of people are low on the fat piece. On the healthy fats, and we see also in the blood chemistry too that they potentially could be low on on protein. So uh-huh. we don't subscribe to any, you know, mm-hmm. vegan, paleo, whatever it is. But many right. people get kind of married to a certain diet, be it a plant based diet, and you know, it is that diet right for you. And so we just ask people to have an open mind. If you're very married to that, and that's what you're doing, it obviously there's religious reasons that you, for, for certain foods. But we ask mm-hmm. people to have an open mind to see. You know, is that diet right for you? We typically start off with elimination diet, which can sound hardcore, but really you're just taking out the, the, the top inflammatory foods for 10 days and then systematically reintroducing them over the course of 30 days, keeping out gluten the, the longest. And then yeah. as you bring the foods back in, you're really seeing how those foods impact your body. So are they, you know, when you bring back in corn, does it give you sinus issues? When you bring back in dairy, does your stomach get, you know, go off? When we bring back in eggs? Do you get a, a headache? And so to be honest on those, especially with your favorite food, like people favorites food is cheese. So to be, to be honest, as you bring the food back in, there's a symptom checklist of so you, you mark down any kind of symptoms you have. If, if you have any symptoms, you don't reintroduce that food. You keep it out for 60 to 90 and we, and we tweak it further with food sensitivity testing. So it's a very targeted approach with the food. And then as you heal your gut, typically some of these foods that you may have been insensitive to, you, you know, you can bring them back in but yeah i think it's it's the it's people maybe gluten light like they've kind of like oh i've dabbled around with gluten a little bit or maybe they've they're completely gluten-free but they're intolerant to some of the cross reactors so maybe they're pounding down gluten-free oats thinking those are good but there's cross-contamination in there or or like for me so i don't do dairy gluten corn and i also i don't do nuts as well so like for me i was dairy and gluten-free and then corn, like a major cross-reactor for me. And now I have it; just gives me like a blinding headache. So my body identifies it as as gluten. And yes. so I thought I could have like a while ago. I was like, oh, I think I can have some corn chips again. And I kept having them. And I'm like, why is this headache? And then I realized, I'm like, yeah, no, corn is still not good for me. And so it, it is. Some of that can suck, right? But it's but it is to know that these are foods that are right for me. And you know, if you go to and I'm a huge foodie. I love like you know, eating out and things like that. So it's not about deprivation and things are going to suck. It's just figuring out how this is right for you. And obviously people that are on the fertility journey have like a massive why of why they want to do this. And to me, it's empowering. You have to look kind of flip the script. Not like, yeah. what am I, what am I giving up? It's like, what am I gaining? I'm going to eat awesome food that feels my body. I'm going to feel freaking great. And I'm helping my infer- I'm helping my fertility.
0: Right. Right. That makes complete sense absolutely absolutely so i want to i want to talk about a couple different things here let's start with the testing because i know you do a lot of functional testing i'm a huge fan of just testing to get that full picture of someone so that you can really target the protocols to them. And I always tell people, listen, we can tell a lot from your blood because, and and from any kind of testing that we do, because that actually directs us in what supplements you need and what diet you have to be on and lowering your inflammation. Now, what is the theme that you see when someone presents with a low AMH and a high FSH? Can you tell the listeners what those are and what themes you see with that? Yeah. So
1: the themes we see, so the first one is non-celiac gluten sensitivity. We see when we run our food sensitivity tests and the food set, there's no perfect food sensitivity test. Tap- this test is a snapshot in time, but really we see gluten off the chart. Like yeah. don't touch it. It's also showing up actually in the the uh, stool test as well, yeah. that even yes, if you yeah, have the anti gliadin that's showing yeah. up there and then the cross reactors So we see it like really bad. And we're typically dealing with people that either have, they will have a fertility diagnosis as perhaps as well as an autoimmune issue. And again, either it's like a hashies or a celiac. So even if they're gluten-free, the cross-reactor's body can still, you know, recognize those as gluten. And then we could see some other autoimmune issues with it. And sometimes they're saying, you know, premature ovarian insufficiency in itself. And one fifth of the cases it can be. Like even they're saying that can be an autoimmune issue itself. And so it can actually do well on an AIP diet, autoimmune protocol diet, Yeah, so we see non celiac gluten sensitivity. Like we said before, we see a thyroid issue with, and I do a master class and I'll ask like 300 people, how's your TSH? And they're all like, normal, all goes down the list normal, 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 normal. Meanwhile, they're dealing with low AMH, you know, basically being told their egg reserve is practically done, their FSH is, you know, above 20. They've they've got problems, but everyone's saying their thyroid is normal because no one has dug deeper into. Either they've, you know, we're not diagnosing, but they might have been, you know, no one's diagnosed potentially a Hashis or a, or a, um, a Graves. Maybe no one's even looked at their, you know, the T three T four, all of all of those numbers to look to look at the thyroid. So the thyroid ha- is completely overlooked, and mm-hmm. especially if there's a regular periods, you know, uh, re- uh, uh, recurrent miscarriage, ovulation disorders. So yep. to really dig into the thyroid piece is key. We see what else we see for themes. We see people that have been on long-term hormonal birth control, and I'll say, well, why? You know, why did you go on the pill? And yep. typically, it was not for prevention. It was because, oh wait, they had heavy periods, they had irregular periods, they had acne. So similar to myself, where in my teens, my period was like it was so heavy, I'd come and I literally faint. Like I remember, like passing out two or three times with, oh. the, with the heavy amount of blood that was coming <laughs> out of this yeah. thing. And so I was put on the pill and then I started getting, I had great skin in my, in my teens. And then early twenties, a lot of acne kind of just in the chin area, hormonal, right. Acne came on. So they put me on the pill. Well, none of that, you know, obviously it regulated the cycle, but there was a band-aid approach. And when I came off, my, my, my cycle was, then it didn't come back. And All you know. up. Yeah. so we see people being on the, being prescribed the pill as a band-aid approach. And then not, obviously not to say that everyone that goes on the pill then comes off and is dealing with a fertility issue but people that come to me they there's typically been some issues beforehand or they might have had acne they want an accutane which then is like an atomic bomb going off the body for the you know just to, um, disrupts the microbiome then leading to food sensitivities and gut infections and so we see birth control as an issue we see a lot of like a type a we work with a lot of people that are in the medical profession so they've like a lot of er doctors that have experienced wow. Not funny, but experience a lot of trauma, right? Dealing—that's a high stress, you know—and dealing with low AMH and high FSH, complete burnout. And so, unrecognized trauma is around this di- these diagnoses, from either the diagnosis itself is traumatic, right. or childhood trauma, something that some a trauma piece has not not been identified. We see that a lot, and then we see that, and yeah, then also the autoimmune piece that mm-hmm. that is. People will say, oh, you know, they'll tell me they have low AMH and high FSH and diminished ovarian reserve or premature ovarian insufficiency. And then, oh, by the way, I've got an autoimmune issue. Kind of yeah. like, oh, it's just I got irritable bowel or, or I, not, not an autoimmune, well, I have Crohn's disease or colitis. Or, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, hashes as a b- by the way, which, like, that's a huge cl- clue to dig into. And it's not a by the way. And in conventional medicine, it would be, again, we're forcing you down that I, that IVF path. And I don't think anyone goes into IVF or donor eggs for that matter, lately. They've typically done a lot of things before that, before yeah. they come to that decision, but they may just think that is the only option. Like I, my OBGYN diagnosed me with a premature ovarian insufficiency. She reached up on her shelf, gave me the IVF brochure and said, off you go. And I went, mm-hmm. okay, yes. I get a second opinion. I didn't talk to anybody. Like I literally was like, okay, here I go. Got to go to donor eggs. And looking back, I'm like, what the heck was I? But I actually thought it was. I thought I had it easier than other people. I thought I didn't have to go through the injections, to trying to get my own eggs right. to work. I reframed it that I had it easier. Obviously, people will look at the fact that you had donor eggs was was not easier at all. But that's how my mind works. I just reframe and move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And and again. You were in that trusting state. You were in that state of, well, this is what my doctor's telling me. Obviously, I was tested. So, this is what I have to do. Next step, next step, next step. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in that in the medical system, in what we're being told without kind of expanding our own minds and, and looking outside of the box. And then the stress piece. I mean, so it was interesting. I was talking with my best friend this weekend. She has a friend that is forty, and of course, as you know, if you're forty, you're technically labeled old in Geri- the in the yeah. whole geriatric and yeah. the fertility world. So she was told, and and my best friend brought up a really great point. She was told that she has lazy follicles, mm. and and my friend goes, you know, that's almost like you're putting it on the woman. You know, oh, you have lazy follicles. They didn't even test the guy yet. you have lazy follicles. So, you know, it's going to be really tough getting pregnant. I think that they did give her an IVF pamphlet actually, but it's kind of coming back to that, just tying everything that you're talking together, talking about together, the stress piece, the, the kind of following blindly, not realizing that there are alternatives, not realizing there are people like you out there. That, that women can work with to do this naturally, where they don't have to go the IVF route, because let's face it, it's follow the money trail with IVF. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mad money. So what would you say to a woman that might be sitting here almost kind of taking the blame for not being able to get pregnant? Yes. Yeah, so
1: like a lot of this obviously, so we coach couples And even though it's female fats or infertility that we're we're typically dealing with, we always will, unless the person is single by choice, we always will coach the couple because there's always things that the male partner can do to optimize his preconception health. And even if his sperm is fine, especially when it's not, you know, there's things we can do. And Mm so many times the men, like the woman is, she's changed her diet. She's taken heaps of supplements. You know, he might Mm -hmm. be taking his multi, he might be doing a few things, but um, he may not know what to do. And so um, we coach him together. He has his own goals, and then they start eating together. They start because this can really either tear your relationship apart or bring you back together. So, so doing this together, making these changes, setting up the found, you know the foundation for for a healthy pregnancy. And so, if someone's feeling you know and kind of in a lost place, it is to do this with your partner and look at it to reframe it that you know there's things we can do to really work on our health, and it's not just you know, myopically focusing on the fertility diagnosis, what else is going on? Like, do you have, typically there's other issues with your health that are, there are going on here. It's not just, oh my goodness, now my fertility's, you know, gone away. I, you know, I had, I think I had food sensitivities when I was 12. I had like dark circles under my eyes, which is an indicator of that. I had, at one point my, my, my jaw was felt like I couldn't even open it, like TMJ, like high stress. I had um, dandruff, like I had all these different, you know, weird health symptoms so yeah. just to look deeper, I hear a lot of people saying, um, "You know, I feel broken. I feel, you know, I'm as a woman, we are. This is what we're meant. You know, we're sort of biolog- biologically, you know, to to be able to conceive. And the one thing you can't do, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to that to to blame and um, just to recognize that to see if that's what you're doing. If you're in a in a, in a loop of blaming yourself, recognize like the to, to lessen the judgment. A lot of times if we were in a group format, if you're like showing compassion to someone else, then you can shine it back to yourself. Like you'd never talk to yourself the way sometimes we all, we all talk to ourselves. Right. So it is to recognize those thoughts limiting beliefs and, and crap we're we're, we're telling ourselves and to, you know, you can do the affirmations, the visualizations, and that's kind of like fake it till you make it. So those can, can be helpful. Right. So whatever, whatever works for you from a mindfulness standpoint, or it might just be the first step is like, oh, wait, I've been talking crap to myself about this for years or whatever, whatever it may be. And to yeah, grant yourself some grace on this journey. Cause it can really, as I said before, it like impacts all aspects of your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And you preach the message of hope. I always preach the message of hope as well. I think that's one thing that you have to hold on to in order to keep going and to not give up. So if you would leave our listeners with one thing, what what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I, I really believe that, you know, your your body, it's 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 whispering to you. So it'll whisper to you every day. And when you ignore the signals, it'll start shouting at you in the form of disease. So, you yeah. know, to listen to those those whispers and don't don't doubt yourself. Like believe, really like get into your intuition here. And we all have intuition. We're all intuitive. Yep. Don't let anyone second guess yourself. You know, get that 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 board of directors and your you know, I can't include your RE, your OBGYN your fertility coach, your nutrition mm-hmm. practitioners, not all at once, but you're in the center and you're yep. the connector of your own healing and you're, you're in charge.
0: Yep. That's fantastic. And I always say that too, Sarah, I, I say if your body is giving you a sign or a symptom, rather it is a sign that there is something going on because we were not built to be sick and have all of these things as our body is shouting at us. That's not normal. So if you're told that you're normal or the Hashimoto's diagnosis is being blown off, you're, no, we have to dig deeper and actually find an answer because there is one, there's always an answer and there's always a direction that we can go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. These symptoms can be common, but not normal. So.
0: Right. Right. So you are giving a gift. It is a fertility challenge. I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. But if you want to tell people about that and how to find you, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So they can go, go to fertility diet freebie. So fertility diet freebie.com
1: and in there it's a, there's, there's seasonal challenges right now we're doing a spring one. And so it's all foods that are free of the top allergens and prepared um, by a chef and really helping to enhance fertility. So to do this with your partner, so pick a time and download the the guide and get eating. And it's like awesome foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not about drinking green juice and starving. It's like eating meats and fish and, you know, big breakfasts and things like that to really, you know, prepare your body for a baby. So there's that. And um, yeah, you can find me on Get Pregnant Naturally. It's on iTunes or Stitcher.
0: Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Be sure to listen to her podcast. It's amazing. It's going to give you guys a ton of information. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and gracing us with your knowledge. And this is going to help a ton of women out there. I know it is from the hope to the changes to to finding you and working with you. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Amy.
0: So now that you've heard all about the Hormone Fixer, I'm going to give you a challenge. If you actually listened to this podcast all the way to the end, and you're still listening, you can use the code ThyroidFix10, T-H-Y-R-O-I-D-F-I-X-1-0. ThyroidFix10 and get 10% off my store. This is only for people that listened all the way to the end. I want to know what you think about my products. Make sure you let me know. Love y'all.